Bibles tonight and turn to Daniel chapter 7. And I know that we've taken time for other things this evening, and we're a little, we're a little later than we normally would be. But I don't want you to get worried about the clock, and I'm not going uh, to be lengthy uh, this evening, <clears throat> at least as far as I know. And, and uh, we'll try to get you out of here in just a few minutes. But, boy, we're going to talk about something that's really, really important tonight. And so I hope you, I hope you have learned something in the, in the biblical prophecy series. I hope the Lord has ministered to you, and I believe it's been, it's been good, and we thank the Lord for what the Lord has taught us. But I want to talk to you about the great white throne judgment tonight. And so um, uh, I have Revelation 20 on the screen, and we are going to go there in just a little while. But I want you to turn somewhere else tonight. I want you to turn to the book of Daniel with me. Daniel chapter number 7. I think that's where I want to start this evening. And uh, hold your place at Revelation 20 because we will go there in just a few minutes. But Daniel chapter number 7 is where I want to begin And we're going to read the first 10 verses of Daniel chapter 7. So when you find your place, if you're able to stand, let's stand tonight out of respect for the reading of God's Word. Daniel chapter 7 and verse number 1. The Bible says, In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion and, uh, and had eagle wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. And I beheld another beast, a second like to a bear, and it raised up itself on one, one side And it had three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I beheld in lo another like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly, and it had, uh, had great iron teeth. It devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. And it had 10 horns. I considered the horns and behold, there came up among them another little horn before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. And I beheld, hang on now, church. And I beheld till the thrones were cast down. And the Ancient of Days, and you'll notice that's capitalized there, speaking of a personality. And the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. I'm about to shout right now. His throne was like the fiery flame. And his wheels, that word wheels there is the idea of dust, chaff that's, that's, uh, that's being thrown up. His wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand, thousands ministered unto him. And 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The judgment was set. And the books 
were opened. You ever read a scripture and want to go, wow, whoa. That's one of those scriptures right there. I want to talk to you about the great white throne judgment tonight. You may be seated. Let's go to the Lord, and I'll jump right into this Bible study. I promise you we won't be long tonight. As far as, I, far, far, as far as I'm concerned, we won't be long. Now, if the Lord decides he's got something else, then that's up to the Lord. But I'm, I'm going to really work through this rather quickly tonight. But we're, we're going to look at several places on our Bibles, so keep your Bibles open, if you will. And we're going to study our Bibles a little bit tonight. Father, we love you. Thank you for your blessings, and what a great day. I can't believe we're already to this time of the service and here in just a few minutes. Lord, this is it. And this day, October 15, 2023, will be in the books. And so, Heavenly Father, I pray that just for a little while, we'll forget about football, we'll forget about fast food, we'll forget about other things that we may be doing after the service. And I pray just for a few moments, we will focus on what you have for us from your word tonight. I pray it will honor you. I pray it will make sense. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that it will be a blessing to all those who hear, whether they're here or through the live stream or whether they may hear this later on down the road somewhere by way of audio or video. It's the Holy Ghost of God. Fall fresh upon us. Fill us and help us tonight. For Jesus' sake we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Wow, what an interesting passage we just read Daniel chapter 7, Daniel records a, a supernatural vision that, that God gives him, and this supernatural vision is of the end. Now, let me, let me work through this with you a little bit tonight because you sort of read through this, and it, seems, it, may, it, could seem, it could seem just a little bit confusing, and so I want to see if I can explain it for you tonight. And so as Daniel explains this vision that the Lord gives him, he sort of begins with an introduction. Uh, he talks about the future kingdoms that are going to be coming to power. For instance, look, if you will, at verse number four of the scripture we read tonight. And it is believed that verse number four, Daniel is talking about the kingdom of Babylon. Look, if you will, verse four, he says about this kingdom, the first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. He said, I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man uh, and a man's heart was given to it. Most scholars believe that, that Daniel in that vision is talking about, in verse four, he's talking about the kingdom of Babylon, which by the way, was very, very powerful kingdom back in this day and time. Look at people at verse five. And it's believed that Daniel is talking about the, the great Medo-Persia um, uh, kingdom. Uh, verse five, he said, behold, another beast, a second, like to a bear. Uh, and it raised up itself on one side and it had three ribs in the mouth of it. Those three ribs in the mouth is talking about uh, conquering kingdoms is what he's talking about there. He's crunching up those kingdoms. And it had three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, arise, devour much flesh. And so there's that idea of a conquering kingdom. The Medo-Persia kingdom was a conquering kingdom. Uh, and, and each kingdom gets a little bit more fierce. Uh, look, if you will, at verse number six. And it's believed that Daniel's talking about the kingdom of Greece. Most of you have heard about Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great at one time, by the way, died. Alexander the Great died, I think, at 36 years old. And so he died just a young man. But even by the age of 36, Alexander the Great had conquered most of the known world at that time. 
And, uh, and look what he says here, verse six. After this, I beheld and lo, another, like a leopard. This is a, this is a, a beast that's, uh, that's quick and rapid and moves quickly. Uh, there again, there's that idea of conquering the world very quickly. Like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl, the beast uh, had also four heads and dominion was given to it. Again, there's that idea of conquering the known world at the time. But look at verse seven. Verse seven. Uh, and it is believed in verse seven that Daniel is seeing the kingdom or the Roman Empire, which, by the way, was one of the most uh, powerful kingdoms that's ever been. Uh, he says in verse seven, after this, I saw in the night visions of old, a fourth beast. And he says about this beast, it was dreadful and terrible and strong, exceedingly, he said. And all uh, oh, this beast didn't just have normal teeth. He said, and it had great iron teeth and it devoured and it break in pieces and stamp the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it and had 10 horns, talking about 10 kingdoms there. And then last of all, again, I'm just trying to give you an idea of what Daniel's talking about here. In verse number eight, it's believed that Daniel is talking about the kingdom, a future kingdom, and that's the kingdom, of course, of the Antichrist. And look what he says here in verse number eight. He said, I considered the horns and behold, there came up among them another little horn. Uh, didn't seem very, uh, didn't seem like much of a threat uh, is, is the idea there before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man uh, and a mouth speaking great things. And so Daniel uh, in this vision Daniel's talking about future kingdoms that are coming, and Daniel sort of uh, Daniel sort of skips to the very end as we're reading this uh, about this revelation, and he begins with a preview, and then he sort of skips to the end, skips to the conclusion, if you will, and then after that he begins to expand on all the details in between. Tonight, I want to focus on Daniel's conclusion, and so look, if you will, again at verse number nine, and Daniel says, "There I beheld." Till the thrones were cast down, and the ancient of days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, notice this phrase, and the books were opened. Now, that's why I asked Brother Brandon if he would to have the choir sing that song again tonight. Because in just a few moments, we're going to talk about that little phrase right there, and the books were open. Now, let me mention several things about the, uh, the great white throne judgment tonight. First of all, I want you to notice the people of the judgment. Who's going to be at the great white throne? That's a good question. Uh, and by the way, there's gonna, this is going to be a judgment like no other judgment. These people at this judgment are not going to either go to heaven or hell, these people at this judgment only have one destination, and that's the lake of fire. You say, Pastor, doesn't sound like the judgment I want to be at. You're right about that. Very right about that. The people at this judgment are those included in the second resurrection, not the first resurrection. Now you say, Brother Pope, what's, what, what's the difference? Let me show you what the difference is. Look, if you will, at Revelation chapter 20, and, uh, and find your place to verse number four. 
Revelation 20, verse 4, the Bible says, And I saw thrones, verse 4, and I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And then this is talking about tribulation saints, those that would not receive the mark of the beast in the tribulation. And, uh, and he says, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years, verse five, but the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. And look what he says in verse six, blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection on such the second death hath no power. Hey, I'm glad I can tell you tonight, I'm gonna be in the first resurrection. And if you're here tonight and you're born again, if you're here tonight, you know that you've been saved. I've got great news for you. You're gonna be in the first resurrection. But if you're here this evening and you miss salvation, please listen to me. If you're here tonight and you miss Jesus, if you're here tonight being in this age of the church, this age of grace, hearing the gospel over and over and over again, and you reject the gospel, According to my Bible, when, uh, when the tribulation begins, you will be sent strong delusion and you'll believe a lie. And you, I believe this, I believe that you'll be, you'll be in the second resurrection. Now those that are gonna be at the great white throne judgment are those in the second resurrection, those that rejected Christ, those that had the opportunity to be saved and yet they refused, they rejected the Lord Jesus Christ and because of that, they will stand at the great white throne judgment. So I want you to be clear on something. Um, we will, those that are saved, will stand at the judgment seat of Christ. We talked about that weeks ago. But I'm glad, church, this judgment's not for you and me. This is not for the saved. So if you're here tonight, you say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I wouldn't even wait till the service is done. I'd get saved before the service is done. I, I wouldn't even wait till I get done preaching. You say, preacher, if I came forward while you're preaching, I'd disrupt the service. Go ahead and disrupt. Amen. Yes. Go ahead, that's fine. And, uh, but I wouldn't wait because Jesus might come before the service is done. And so the people of the judgment, these are the people of the second resurrection. Not only the people, but I want you to notice the place, the place of the judgment. Now, there is a, a, a lot of differences of opinion here. Some believe that the great white throne judgment is gonna take place on earth. There are others who believe the great white throne judgment is gonna happen in heaven. And, uh, and I'm gonna be honest, I sort of leaned that direction for many, many years, but I want you to notice this. The Bible says that both of those are gonna flee away at this judgment. The Bible says that the heavens and the earth are gonna flee away at the great white throne. So look at, if you will, Revelation chapter number 20 and look at verse number 11. He says here, and I saw a great white throne, which is what we're discussing tonight. And he said, in him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And so I really do believe this. I believe that the great white throne is gonna be held somewhere, but more than likely, it's not gonna be held on the earth and more than likely, it's not gonna be held uh, in heaven. And another good reason to believe that is because of this, because there will be no sinner allowed into heaven that hasn't trusted Jesus as Savior. 
Listen to what our Bible tells us in Revelation 21 and verse 27. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. So that's pretty good evidence right there that the great white throne judgment's not gonna be in heaven uh, because that no sinner is gonna be allowed to come in the presence of the Lord whose, whose sin has not been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, and so uh, we're not exactly sure where the placement is going to be, but this is the important thing. Regardless of the place, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And so we notice the people of the judgment. We notice the place of the judgment. But this is where I want to camp out just for a few minutes. I want you to notice the procedure of the judgment. What's going to happen, preacher, that's going to bring about this judgment? And this is the answer to that question. The books are going to be open. Now take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn to Revelation chapter number 20. Revelation chapter 20. And look at verse number 11. Brother Ricky, will you turn the air down one degree up here, please? It's hot to me. Revelation 20, verse number 11. Look what it says. He says, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. Now watch very closely, Calvary. Verse 12, John says, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. Look at the next line. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of of fire. Now, church, listen, this is what our Bible's teaching, that there's coming a day when this judgment's gonna take place and all of those who have never trusted Jesus Christ are gonna be brought before him. They're gonna be brought before the great white throne and they're going to give an account. They say, Brother Pope, I don't understand that. I, I mean, okay, what about those people years ago, back in World War II, who, uh, who were killed during the war and they were buried at sea and they, you know, their bodies, uh, their, their bodies decomposed and went into the ocean and, and preach, what about those folks, you know, at the World Trade Center, when those planes hit the building and the, and the temperature was so incredibly hot that it literally just, uh, uh, it literally just, you know, their bodies just went to ash and uh, couldn't even find any, any DNA uh, on their bodies. And they were, they were just annihilated. And, uh, you know, preacher, how's that going to happen? Church, remember this. If God can bring together the first man, God can bring together those that have perished already. Don't forget that God scraped the dust of the earth together and formed the very first man and then took a rib out of that man's body and created the first woman and so God, who creates our bodies, not going to have any problem bringing those bodies back to existence again. And, uh, but understand that these bodies are going to stand at the great white throne judgment, and they're going to be judged out of some very special books. Now, here's the question. What are these books? The Bible says the books are going to be opened, and they're going to be judged out of these books. And so what are these books? I want to tell you what they are. 
Now, there's some speculation about this subject, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you exactly what we know. No speculation about a lot of what I'm going to tell you tonight. I'm going to tell you what we absolutely know, and then I'm going to tell you what I believe, and I believe I'll prove it tonight by way of Scripture. And so I'm going to give you tonight the three books that will be used at the great white throne judgment to judge sinners. The first one is the book of life. Now, let's look at it in our Bibles. Revelation chapter 20, and look at verse number 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. Look what he says here. And another book was open, which is the book of what? Which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things, which were written in the books according to their works. Look at verse 15, same chapter, verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Turn over one page and look at Revelation 21 and verse number 27. Revelation 21, verse 27. The Bible says about heaven, and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, I'm gonna tell you what I, I'm gonna tell you what I believe about this. And, uh, and uh, you know what, we'll just, if you don't agree with this, we can ad- agree to disagree, but this is what I believe. I believe personally, from the origin of time, I believe that every person's name was recorded in the book of life. I believe that. Uh, every person. By the way, God knows everything. God knows you. God knows when you were gonna be born. He, uh, and we had this discussion this morning, Brother Timmy, Miss Carrie and I, and uh, you know, the Bible says that he knows your members before they're even fashioned. He, knew, he knows what color uh, eyes you were gonna have. He knows what color hair you were gonna have. He knows how long, your, uh, how long your arms are gonna be. He knows how much your ears are gonna stick out. He knows how long your nose is gonna be or how short your nose is gonna be. Uh, he, knows, he knows all of that. He, uh, he knows all. And I believe that from the, from the beginning of time, I believe that every single person's name was recorded in the book of life. Now, somebody says, okay, but pastor, wait a minute. Uh, When the great white throne judgment comes and and some names are not going to be there, what caused those names uh, not to be in the book of life? Let me back up just a minute and say this. One of the reasons I believe that every name from the beginning of time was recorded in that book is because our Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish. Any should perish. Now, there are some believe this. There are some believe that all that was, um, you know, uh, ordained from the beginning, beginning of time. And some of you folks were ordained to go to heaven. Others of you were ordained to go to hell. And uh, you just better hope you're in that first group. Amen? Uh, and that's what, that's what a lot of people believe. But my Bible says this in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some in count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so I believe that God wants every man to be saved. Now, is every man going to be saved? No. But I believe this. I believe God in his sovereignty, I believe God wrote every single person's name down in the Lamb's book of life. But there are many people that are gonna reject him. You work with some of them. You've tried to witness to them. You've you've tried to encourage them to come to church and they just, man, they just just write you off. You try to give them a gospel track. They don't want that track. You try to tell them that you're praying for them. They say, I don't wanna hear that. And so there are some people that they don't love the Lord. There are some people that reject Christ. 
And so God, knowing who was going to be saved, wrote your name in the book of life, but God, knowing who was going to reject his son, at the same time blotted out those names that were written from the beginning of time in the Lamb's book of life. Let me show you a couple verses if I could. Look, if you will, at, uh, look at, uh, uh, well, you're in Revelation. We'll just stay there for a little bit. Look at Revelation chapter number three and verse number five. Revelation three and verse five. The Bible says, he that overcometh, I'm going too fast for you, aren't I? Got a lot to say in a little bit of time. Revelation chapter three, verse number five. The Bible says, he that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. Now, I used to struggle with some of that. And I thought, Lord, what does that even mean? Does that mean that people can lose their salvation? Does that mean that somebody can be saved and later down the road, Lord, you're gonna, I mean, they've been saved for 50 years and all of a sudden you're gonna blot their name out? Take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to Revelation chapter 22, and look at verse 18. Revelation 22 and verse 18. Look what the Lord says. Verse 18, for I testify unto everyone that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Look at verse 19. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. So does that mean that a person can be saved, 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 saved for many, many years and then all of a sudden God is gonna blot their name out? That's not what it means. And we have way too much scripture to prove that. We believe in eternal security of the believer. And I've got way too much scripture to base that on. But here's what the Bible is teaching. At the beginning of time, God put every single person's name out of love for them and, and wanting every man to be saved. God wrote every single person's name down in the Lamb's book of life. But God in his sovereignty and God in his foreknowledge, knowing that there are some who are gonna reject his son, blotted out their name. The name that was once there, God blotted out their name. And one of these days, days they're gonna stand at the great white throne and the Bible says the book of life is gonna be opened and God is gonna look. Now he already knows, but God is gonna look, but he'll look to no avail. And their name is not going to be there. Now, think about it. Have you ever done this? Have you ever wanted to go to a restaurant? Maybe it was a really nice restaurant. And you called ahead or you went online or something and you set up a reservation. And man, maybe you really put on the dog that night. You told your wife, honey, I'm going to take you out somewhere really, really special. Man, y'all got all duded up and, and you got in the car and she was so excited and, and, uh, and, and, and you got to the restaurant and when you went to the little check-in station and you said, yeah, we're, we're checking in and, uh, and we got reservations tonight and they started looking down the list and they said, Mr. Seats, I'm sorry, you don't have a reservation. And you, was like, and you, you were like, check again. Uh, and they said, we don't have your reservation. Now, wait a minute. Now, you made a reservation. They didn't have it. And boy, you, you remember how disappointed you were? Or let's think about it. Let, let's, let's go a step further. Have you ever done this? Have you ever planned a vacation with your family? 
And man, maybe you were going down to Florida or maybe you went out to Colorado or I mean, it was a big vacation and you set everything up and man, you booked all these reservations online, hotels.com or Expedia or Travelocity and you made all these reservations at this swanky place and boy, you were so excited and, and you got on the airplane and you flew out there or you got in your car and you drove down and you got to that really and you pulled in and you're like, oh wow, man, this is beautiful. I mean, man, this is great. We're gonna have a ball. And man, you got out of the car and you walked in and you're so excited. And you went up there to the front desk and you said, yeah, we're checking in. And they said, what's your name? And you told them your name and they said, sir, we don't have anything for you. Do what? We don't have anything for you. Man, look again. Are you sure we don't have a reservation for you? Now, that's not even a good, that's not even a good illustration. Church, can you imagine Can you imagine standing before the throne of Almighty God knowing that it's either heaven or hell and God Almighty looks in the reservation book and says, we don't have your name. Hey, listen to what what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Listen to this. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, listen to verse 22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name have done many wonderful works and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I don't have your reservation. I don't have your name there. I want to tell you, church, the, 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 the great white throne judgment is going to be a serious day. And so they're going to be judged out of the book of life the book of life. Not only that, but quickly. I told you I tried to be quick. Number two, I believe that book's gonna be the book of the law. The book of the law. Listen to Romans 3.20. The Bible says, therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But I wanna show you another verse. This is gonna knock your socks off. Take your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of John tonight, John chapter 12, and look at verse number 48. I believe the book of life is going to be one of the books that, we're, that, the, that is going to be used at the great white throne, but not only the book of life, but the book of the law. Look, if you will, I'm talking about the Word of God. That's what I'm talking about. You understand this book's never going to pass off the scene. It's, it's settled. The Bible says it's settled in heaven and, and look what our Bible tells us in the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse number 48. The Bible says this, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words, watch closely, hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. And so I believe that beyond a shadow of a doubt that one of the books that's gonna be open in the great white throne is the book of the law. And I think about it like this. When people are tried in a court, of, uh, in a court they're sentenced based upon the breaking of the law that's on the books. If you, go to the, if you go to the courthouse, people are not judged based upon public opinion. At least they're not supposed to be. Now some of that's changing in America. 
But you're never to be judged based upon public opinion. You're not to be based upon popular trends or polls. You're not to be even judged based on personal beliefs. You are judged according to the law. And one of these days, sinners will stand before a holy God. You know what's going to judge them? That book right there. And they're going to say, but God, I didn't know. And God's going to say, yes, you did. You remember all those times that preacher preached the gospel? Remember when he preached out of Romans chapter 3? Remember when he preached that message out of John chapter 11? Remember when he preached that message on the great white throne? Remember when he preached that message on heaven? Remember when he preached that message on hell? Remember when he preached that message out of Genesis chapter 3? Remember when he preached that message out of Proverbs chapter 27? Remember when he preached that message out of Philippians and Ephesians and Galatians? Remember when he preached that? And I believe there's going to be a God in heaven that says, You have no excuse. And that book that they will be judged from is this book. The book of life, the book of the law. But we're done. Listen to this. Boy, oh boy, listen to this. Last of all, the biography of the lost. What are these books? The book of life, the book of the law, the biography of the lost. Have you ever heard this statement? You are writing your own biography. How about this? You may be the only sermon some ever hear preached. How about this one? You may be the only Bible some will ever read. But somebody said you are writing your own biography. Now, what's a biography? A biography is a book that you write about your life. It's a book that's written about how you lived, how you started, how you finished. It's a book that, 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 that records uh, what you accomplished in life. And one of these days when eternity begins and the great white throne judgment convenes, those who are lost will be judged out of the book of life, out of the book of the law. Listen to this now. But those who are judged are going to be judged out of their book. Their personal book. Listen to Romans chapter 2, verse 16. You don't have to turn there. Listen to Romans 2, 16. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ. And so since these people that are standing at the great white throne judgment, since they depended upon their life for salvation, their past will be brought against them. You ever heard somebody say something like this? Hey, sir, can I ask you a question? Are you going to heaven? Oh, yeah. Why are you going to heaven? I'm a good man. Or have you ever heard a coworker say something like this? I'm as good as everybody else. Well, I'm as good as he is. Well, I gave to the company benefit last year. I filled up a shoebox for Operation Christmas Child. Uh, I gave an offering to the church. I'm very socially active in the community. I'm, I'm telling you what, hey, I may not be perfect, but I'm a good dad. I, listen, I may, not be, I may not be a Christian, but I'll tell you something. Man, I'm a good mama. 
I'm telling you, you're looking at them. Uh, listen, especially in this area, you say, preacher, you know why I'm going to heaven? I'm going to heaven because I'm a good old boy. There's a lot of good old boys in Union Grove. A lot of good old boys that are going to hell. But I'm a good old boy. Good old boys die and go to hell every day. But preacher, I'm an American. It's not based upon your nationality. But preacher, I'm white. It's not based on your ethnicity. You say, but preacher, I'm, you know, I, I, listen, I'm just, I'm just saying this, that, that there are people who say, you know what, I'm going. I'm going because I do this or I do that or I, I, I don't cuss like everybody else. I don't smoke dope like everybody else. I, I don't drink like a fish like they do. I'm not a party animal like they are. I mean, you know, I'm a pretty good person. Listen to me now, listen to me. And one of these days, when they stand at the great white throne judgment, the book that will be open will be their book. And God will say, so you're good. That's right. And God will say, let's check that out. Let me look. Will you take your Bibles tonight? We're almost done, but would you take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 8? Luke chapter 8 and verse 17. Can I tell you one of the things that's going to be brought out at the great white throne judgment? Every thought. Oh my. Every thought. Look at Luke chapter 8, verse number 17. God said, For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest. Neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Listen, church, I'm just going to tell you. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm glad you don't know every thought I've ever had. I'm glad those things are under the blood. This is what I'm saying. Listen, one of these days... I don't know what that book's going to look like, but one of these days, those people who stand before God and say, God, y'all let me in because I'm a good person. God's saying, oh, let's open your book and see. Wow. What about that thought that you had on October the 15th, 2023? What about that? And can you imagine that? Not only that, but I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew 16 and verse 27. Not only will those thoughts be made manifest, but look at this, Calvary. The works will be made manifest. Matthew 16, verse 27. The Bible says, For the Son of Man, for the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his to his what? To his works. Skip back, if you will, a few pages. Look at Matthew chapter 12. We're, we're on, listen, wheels are on the runway. We're getting ready to bring this thing to a close. Hey, church, getting ready to get real right now. Lord, I'm a pretty good person. You ought to let me in. I'm a good old boy. And look what's gonna happen. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. But I say unto you that every idle Word 
that men shall speak. They shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Whoa. Can you imagine at the great judgment, can you imagine all your sins and blunders and thoughts and words and blunders and wickedness? Can you imagine those things being broadcast? That's hell right there. Now, I know they're not yet thrown in the lake of fire, but I'm going to tell you something, church. That's about as bad as it gets. To think that all your dirty laundry, every evil thing you've ever said, every evil word you've ever spoken, God will say, put it up on the screen. You're good, huh? You're a good old boy, I hear. You're, you're, you're good enough to make it into heaven. Let's see. Would you roll that video, please? Can you imagine, friend, what that's going to be like? You say, wow. Preach, that's pretty bad. It is. But we're not done. We're not going to end on that negative note. Because I got a real positive note that I want to end on. Now, I I do want you to remember this. Isaiah said, for all those people who think, I'm good enough, I'll make it, I'll make it. Listen to what the prophet Isaiah said. But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Listen, we will be judged out of the book of life. They will be judged out of the book of the law, and they will be judged out of that biography of the lost. But I got great news, Calvary. I got great news. Hey, about 42 years ago, on a Saturday afternoon, when I walked into a little country church and a little country pastor's office, And he took out his Red Schofield Bible and led me down the Romans Road and showed me what Jesus Christ did for me. Come on now. And that day I realized I was a lost sinner on my way to hell. And I realized what Jesus Christ had done for me. And I called out to him as a sinner. Hey, I got good news. My biography was rewritten. What are you talking about, Pastor? I got to show you. I don't want to just tell you. I want to show you. Take your Bibles when we're done. Take your Bibles, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Man, I read this this week, and I'm telling you, I about had a, I about blew a fuse right there in the pastor's study. 1 Corinthians chapter, oh, come on now, Calvary. Come on now, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Get plugged in with me here tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 9. Look what our Bible says. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves of mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And look what he says in verse 11. And such were some of you. That was my my biography. You say, preacher, are you depending on your good works to go to heaven? Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Man, I'm telling you, I couldn't even make it past the clouds on my goodness. More or less making it into heaven. And so that was my biography. By the way, that was many of your biography. 
He said, and such were some of you, but thank God that's not where the verse ends. He said, but now, since you've come to Jesus, but, oh, come on, ye are washed, ye are sanctified, ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Oh, I want to tell you one of these days, thank God I won't have to stand at the great white throne judgment. But if I did, thank God, my biography has been totally rewritten by the Lord Jesus Christ. What are you so happy about, preacher? Happy day, happy day. My sins were washed away. They're under the blood. And thank God when he looks at me, he sees his son. I got a question for you. Are your sins under the blood? Do you know that you know that you know that your name is written in the book of life? Has your biography been rewritten? Has there been a day when you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Now we're done. You can close your Bibles. We're done. But I'm going to tell you something, church. Listen to, listen to me tonight, friend. I wouldn't let pride take me to hell tonight if you're here this evening and you don't know that you know that you're on your way to heaven. I wouldn't let pride, I wouldn't let pride take me to hell for nothing in the world. In just a moment, we're going to give an invitation. And if you're here this evening and you say, Brother Pope, I don't know. I mean, I want to go to heaven. I hope I will go to heaven, but I'm just not sure I would go to heaven. I'm going to tell you what I'd do. I wouldn't wait for the preacher to say amen. I wouldn't wait for the preacher to ask for a hand raised. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I don't know that I know that I know that I know that I know that I'm going to heaven. I'm going to tell you what, I would run. I would run down this aisle. And I'd dive into this altar and let somebody take a Bible and show you how to get saved. Will you bow your heads with us all over the house? I want to ask a question. I wonder how many are here tonight. Just for a moment, nobody's looking around. Unless you're coming to the altar, folks are coming to the altars. Serious question I'm about to ask how many are here tonight and you would say, Pastor, if I died tonight, I am not sure that I'd go. Preacher, I want to go. I want to go to heaven. I do not want to stand at the great white throne judgment. I don't want to be a part of that second resurrection. But Pastor, I'm going to be honest. I don't know. I really don't know. And I care enough to slip up my hand and let you pray for me. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, just for a moment. Come on now, this is serious time. Preacher, if I died, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. And I care enough to slip up my hand and let you pray for me. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Would you just slip your hand up right now and let me remember you? Can I pray for you? Preacher, if I died, I'm not sure of heaven. Please remember me. Is there anybody at all here tonight? I see that hand. Is there somebody else? I appreciate that, by the way. Is there somebody else? 
Pastor, if I died, I hope I would go, but I'm not sure I would go. And I care enough to slip up my hand and let you pray for me. Is there another? Anywhere? Can I pray for you that you'll come to Christ? Can I do that? Can I pray for you? All right. Amen. I appreciate that. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. You know, church, if, if, if the Lord hasn't done anything else through this series, I believe he has done this. I believe he's burdened our hearts more for souls. So many of us have lost loved ones. And if something doesn't happen between now and then, what I preached about tonight, they're going to stand there. And oh, that God would give us a burden. That God would give us a burden to reach the lost and to reach our lost loved ones with the gospel. Now, if you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I'm not saved in just a moment, I want you to come. I want you to come. You say, Preacher, I'm, I'm scared to do that. Listen, if you'll do this, just ask the person beside you, would you go with me? Would you go with me? They'll go. They'll, they'll go with you. And just come down here. We're going to have somebody take a Bible. And they're going to show you how you can know that you know that you're going to heaven when you die, okay? You're here tonight. You say, Pastor, I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. I didn't mean to let it happen, but I sort of got away. I didn't, I, I lost my shout. I lost my joy. I lost my excitement about the things of the Lord, okay? Why don't you come on down tonight and just recommit your life to Jesus. Just say, Lord, I didn't mean to let it happen. I want you to forgive me. I, Lord, I want you to use me again. And just recommit your life to Christ. So let's all stand around the house tonight, if you will. Father, we thank you for your goodness. It's been such a great day at Calvary. And we're so thankful. And God, thank you that we're going to be a part of that first resurrection. Lord, I pray tonight that you would save the lost. I pray that you'd work through the live stream. Holy Spirit, I pray that you do that which only you can. And God, we thank you and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask our personal workers if they would slip out and make their way to the altars tonight, just for a minute. And if you're here tonight and you say, Preacher, I need to be saved. I'm not sure about heaven. I need to be saved. Why don't you just slip out right now and just come on. And Brother Brandon's over here. Brother Terry's over here. And we have some folks with a Bible would love to show you how to, how to know that you know that you're going to heaven, okay? Will you come while we wait? Will you come? Or if you just need to come tonight and pray for a loved one or recommit your life to Jesus or whatever it might be, listen, you come on while we pause just for a minute, all right? You come tonight.